Welcome back. It is a tricky topic when we start talking about long-term care homes and what do we do, how do we fund them, how do we oversee that people are being taken care of. Obviously, the cracks and the deficiencies in the system have been laid bare for all to see because of COVID-19, and the result has been absolutely tragic. How do we ensure that this doesn't continue going forward? How do we ensure that our mothers and our fathers are well taken care of? That when we get to that age, when we might need an LTC or might need a retirement home, that we are not at the mercy of a company trying to squeeze an extra dollar out of us. Well, we'll get the, we'll get the no-name jello for you. The no-name jello, that'll save us a couple of bucks. From a 2019 financial accountability uh, report, this is a report in Ontario. Did you know that the province spent $61.5 billion in 2018-2019 in the health sector? $61.5 billion. How much of that do you think went to long-term care homes? $4.3 billion. That's only 7% over the overall spending on the health budget. Now, LTT home operators receive funding from the Ministry of Long-Term Care, uh, and then the operators also receive payments from the residents, co-payments. A lot of it depends on what kind of accommodation you have. Some of that money then comes back to the province in a complicated system. And all of it adds up to a system that, whether it's public or private, has not been funded all that well. And when we talk about oversight, is it time to start saying, you know what, I think we should just take the for-profit system right out of there? Because does that make sense that you know, there's a company somewhere paying a dividend, or there's a the company that is reporting to shareholders instead of to families, instead of to people actually living in those facilities. We're going to get to your calls at 416-870-6400 in just a moment. But first, for some perspective on this, I am pleased to welcome to the program Laura Tamblin-Watts, who is the CEO of CanAge, Canada's National Seniors Advocacy Organization. Laura, welcome. Thank you. Is it time to take for-profit out of the mix altogether when it comes to LTCs? Yeah, and that is the $100 million question. You know, it's important to remember that long-term care is funded, as you say, both publicly and privately, but it's the government that transfers hard-earned taxpayers' dollars in order to provide the care, whether it's through a not-for-profit or for a for-profit. The question, however, has to be tempered by the fact that about 50% of all long-term care home beds are already run by for-profit. So if we were starting from scratch, the answer is easy, yes. But we're not starting from scratch. We're already starting from a very difficult circumstance where we're short of long-term care home beds to begin with. And so I think what we have to really drill down on is the point that you said, what is the quality of care and how are we making sure that we measure it so that the outcomes are health outcomes and not dividends for shareholders? Laura, what we've seen in a number of the private uh, systems and the private homes and Global News reporting this morning that uh, two in particular, two chains, have seen a large portion of the deaths because of COVID-19. And part of that is because of staffing, because they don't pay as much. They haven't got people that are full time. How do we fix that? We can create requirements. And we at CanAge are calling for the federal government to work with the provinces to create a model like Australia has, which has national standards 
that the licensing is required that they fulfill and that there be significant fines and suspensions of the licenses if they don't. And so there's ways of doing it to make sure that we get the quality that we need in the system that we have right now. We just have to do it. A lot of people are going to ask, what's that going to cost? At the, what's the bottom line on that? Something like you're talking about. It's actually not that expensive. And certainly if we look at what the human cost is for doing it wrong, I challenge anybody who reads the military reports to think that this isn't an area that we need to invest in. So to create a national standards board with agreed-upon requirements and regulation is really not that much money, particularly if it comes with the Fed's putting money into the long-term care system as a special pocket of funds, which is what we are asking for. Because until recently, there has, of course, been no real interest or, in fact, jurisdiction by the federal government to become involved in long-term care. But this government has indicated that they would be open to that conversation and have committed to helping to fix it. So we know that federal transfers of funds to long-term care are an important point about this, but let's just make sure that those funds get designated to go to long-term care and don't go into general treasury. And then they get lost in the system. The numbers that you quoted, we're worried that if there's a federal transfer, it will just go into the general budget and not specifically go to long-term care. So we think that the creation of this National Standards Council and licensing authority can be tied to increased funding. So that's good news for the provinces. And the bottom line from your perspective is that for-profit uh, and public systems can coexist as long as there's strong oversight? Yeah, that's essentially the basis. And, and you know, it, whether or not it's time to end for-profit long-term care homes on a go-forward basis, that's an important conversation and one that we have to have. But I worry that when we talk about just including the long-term care homes into the Canada Health Act, like hospitals are, and that would really get rid of for-profits, what are we going to do with the 50% of people who are in private long-term care homes right now? Are we going to nationalize them? How, how would we do that? So it's not so easy as waving a, a, waving a magic wand and, and making for-profit homes go away. We have to remember these are people's homes, and people are living there, and we're really short of beds right now. So if we decide to phase it out, that's something that we can talk about, but we can't flip a switch and evict people from their homes because we want to shift systems. Laura Tamblin-Watts is the CEO of CanAge. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you.